Hi Dave, Pete Jones here. Just phoning in regarding your Critical Role episode. Unlike you, I have watched Critical Role. Um, what can I say about it? It's an entertainment show. It's not a role-playing show. There is role-playing in it. And yes, they don't use the rules fully and they, they fudge things. But they're there to entertain the audience. And that's what they are. They're like any sort of TV channel trying to get a good audience. Trying to increase their viewership and get the money in. Um, and, and you can't blame them for that. And if people like uh, KSM are making money off the back of it, all good to them. Um, it's not my cup of tea, but that's fine. Um, good luck to them all. And it's going to be good for the hobby, isn't it? Well, that's my thoughts anyway. Come in, my child, out of the cold And listen how the story's told From fairy tales to happenstance The dice rule every random chance Take off your coat and stay a while We'll roll in that deep percent time Hi everyone, it's Dave. It's all call-ins today. Uh, before TJ's opening music there, you heard Pete Jones of the Dragons Are Real podcast and fellow Purple Worm with his thoughts on Critical Role. Uh, this goes back to a recent episode. I've still never watched Critical Role. Um, and I, But I think it's worth directing listeners back to my original episode on... I've never watched Critical Role, where I... Yeah, I mean, I, I accept largely that it's doing good things for the hobby. It's contributing to that general popularisation, which is then contributing to, the I think, the proliferation and availability of interesting uh, and creative products. I, my, my original concern was that, you know, I had seen on on various forums and groups people who people who did have a sort of distorted idea of role playing and were genuinely worried about not being able to do voices and not being able to act very well and feeling that that might be an impediment to getting involved in role playing and I suppose that was my that was my only concern but I'm prepared to concede all of these other positive things uh, as well so thanks again to Pete and here's another one Hey Dave, just got done listening to your episode 114. Um, I see that you too have also gotten your copy of the Old School Essentials in the mail, as did I. And I would have to agree, I was actually quite shocked to see how small these books were. Um, I first got into the know on them through Captain Courageous on YouTube. And honestly, I thought at first it was just going to be a regular sized book, but... So far, for everything I've seen in the book, including the leather-bound copy, um, it just looks beautiful. Honestly, I couldn't really thank Necrotic Gnome enough for the amount of work that they put into this tome. Um, but just want to say hi, and I'm um, catching up on the episodes, and let me know what you think of the new books. Catch you later, man. Hey, Mark. It's absolutely great to hear from you. I've been listening to the yawning owlbear for some time if you don't know mark's podcast he does um he's really close discussions 
of uh, monsters, Dungeons and Dragons monsters and their ecology, compares their descriptions and stats in a whole bunch of different editions, really well researched, really informative, I very much enjoy them. I think this is the first time you've called in, so uh, I'm really grateful for that Mark. Yeah, old school essentials, I am absolutely loving. I think there'll be some more episodes coming out on this um, shortly. Uh, I, I did actually do an in-depth reading when I first got the PDFs from back in the Kickstarter. Um, one of them is, is, is my 12th episode. It was early days, <laughs> early days for me, all the way back, episode 12. And I think I did a couple of follow-ups. Um, certainly some follow-ups where I got embroiled in an interesting discussion about um, how much of the rules are... I mean, all of it, it, it claims to be a very faithful BX clone, but I've now dug out <laughs> the Moldvay Cook books because I was saying things like, oh, the way this is presented, the way that is presented is really quite modern and clear. Uh, and I think Spike Pick called in and said, oh, it was all already there. And um, Gavin called, uh, yeah, Gavin got in touch, Gavin Norman and said, no, it's just, it's just a faithful clone. And I appreciate some elements uh, of the rules, which I wasn't aware of because I didn't know those additions like um, waiting coins and stuff were all there. But um, but I can say now, having looked at the Moldvay Cook, that a lot of what I was liking, for example, how how the sequence of play is set out uh, and, and the way a lot of the advice is phrased, it is new, <laughs> even though it doesn't depart from um, from the spirit of the mechanics and the actual mechanics um, a lot of the presentation in terms of the text of the book I also really like for being a really sort of definitive and clear expression um, so I'm enjoying that yeah do check out um, and listeners as well if you haven't checked out episode 12 where I talk about old school essentials I'd still stand by much of what I said although you can detect also my lack of familiarity with the uh, with the Moldvay cook rules with the bx rules um but yeah all of that all of that excitement was before i saw and held these wonderful little things they are quite amazing i'm looking forward to uh running it um the the big motivation for me to buy into and i appreciate lots of people are saying oh it's all very well you know shipping and stuff like that i appreciate it is a bit of an outlay to buy into this particular expression of the rules but I did it because I don't have, um, certainly not uh, in a paper version. I've got PDFs of all of the old, all of the old editions. But apart from, I've got a tatty um, Mensa box which my brother gave me a long time ago. But I don't have, um, you know, a printed, nice hardback paper expression of the the old school rules. And this this looks to become amongst the definitive expressions of old school play and as an aspiring content creator someone with a with an aspiration to put out some old school modules it seemed like this would be the one that I would double down on I mean I still think if I if I want an old school gaming experience I'm still inclined to go for something like the black hack which is very very light and I can play fast and loose let's be honest as I'm thumbing through these books, there's a lot of weird stuff that I just kind of think, nah, <laughs> you know, it's a faithful expression, but some of it is odd. The saves are strange and they cut the world up in an arbitrary way. The thief subsystems are, to me, a bit annoying. They could have 
well he didn't make any changes as a point it's a faithful clone but you know th those are the clones which rationalize the experience system for example the you know the various <laughs> amounts of experience that you need to to level up in the various different classes are they seem entirely arbitrary let's be honest so it has all of those deficiencies and oddnesses but i kind of think you know if i want to put out old school old school material rather than indie old school material then this is the system i'm going to do it for and that's the system i'm going to get to know and if i want to offer someone old school play you know dnd like they played it in 1981 then this is a faithful expression of that experience and i think when you're in for that you are in for all of those weirdnesses about the different experience levels you need the strange saves um and the annoying thief subsystems but i'm just at the moment i'm just enjoying holding them <laughs> reading them looking at the pictures and i'm hoping to get round to running them in fact i've offered a couple of con games for a local con in oxford um hopefully the same session twice rather than needing to prep two sessions where i've that's that's how i've pitched it i've said this is this is D, &D like they played it in 1981 and then you know when that's when that's what you're in for that's what you're in for so thanks again to Mark. I've now got a, well, let's say a, a, a rich and wide-ranging call-in from Barney. And I feel this is Barney of the Loco Ludus podcast, uh, which is well worth listening to as well. I feel I should offer some, some context to this one because it responds to quite a few things. So in the first instance, Barney is responding to my speculation that he might be one of my very small number of German listeners. And uh, there's a little reward for you there if you know some German. <laughs> um, then he is responding to a call-in from Edwin, which you can hear on the I've Still Never Watched Critical Role episodes, a couple of episodes back, um, about character voices emoting and role-playing then there is a response to well that's a discussion we've been we've been involved in for some time good reason to go back through actually this whole calling is a good reason to go back through the catalogue if you want to get the most out of it the back catalogue um, but we've been having some discussion about um, uh, funny dice different kinds of dice for games so i hope that gives some context and i hope you enjoy this hallo ich bin's barney dave du hast recht ich lebe in bayern ich ich weiß nicht wer das andere ist uh, lots of good funny stuff in this episode um edwin's messages are cool i love love the image of the grumpy old man in a manger um, I think, you know, some people probably say that all of us, everyone, has trouble emoting. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm listening to all these podcasts and I just don't believe anyone's using their real accent. I do agree with John about the extortionate custom dice uh, that some companies might put out however at the same time I'm really bored frustrated and underwhelmed by dice with 
numbers on. So, like a like some kind of uh, crow or raven or whatever the hell it is. Um, you know, as soon as I see any kind of custom dice, it catches my eye, and I'm and I'm really, you know, really tempting myself to to uh, to invest even. Um, even though I do try and show a little bit of restraint. As I mentioned in my message to you about Legend of the Five Rings and touched on a little bit in in my episode where I started to talk about Blade Runner, I do think the Legend of the Five Rings dice do work because, as I said, I was overwhelmed by the other dice but fascinated by the prospect and with... The Legend of the Five Rings, there are three different symbols, so three different possible outcomes and in different combinations. So there aren't all of these myriad different symbols. Um, so that to me feels like a much more manageable and practicable uh, possibility. So regarding performance, voices, accents, all of that kind of stuff, I do, for my part, there's definitely something about, um, for the good of humanity, committing yourself to making an idiot of yourself. At the same time, that, of course, has to be only the individual's decision for themselves and not to put any expectation or pressure on other people. And I think that's... You know, I'm only agreeing with the general discussion that you've had there and that can be found elsewhere on some of our affiliated podcasts. Oh, thanks, Barney. I really enjoyed that. I hope listeners enjoy that as much as I did. I especially enjoyed your funny voice there, your funny accent <laughs> on accents. Yeah, are we ever using our real voices? I don't know. I listen back to my podcast sometimes. I've got no idea what I'm supposed to be sounding like. What is it? It's like um, Estuary, Essex, filtered through four years at Oxford and then seasoned with a heavy helping of working class academic anxiety. <laughs> I don't know. On Dice... Yeah, so I do. I I I do enjoy. Um, I I I resent the expense, like John, but I do enjoy um, an interesting die. Uh, I had an interesting conversation with Arfed on the weekend at Dragon Me. I think he's mentioned this uh, before, but he was talking about the nifty Lego die that you got in some of the Lego board games, which you assembled so you could swap the faces about. Uh, and we were thinking about a die that would mutate during the game um, so that as your character develops or your attributes change, you can actually change the uh, the arrangement of the faces on the die. And I thought that was a really nifty possible mechanic, definitely something to chuck in the direction of the ludic behemoth and see what it makes of it. Cheers again for the call in, Barney. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Hello, Dave. It's Edwin. Uh, thank you very much for your warm welcome. Um, it's nice to, to hear that. You asked for 
Uh, and also, it's, it's no hard hardship going through your back catalogue. Um, and anyway, I'm a completist, so I need to know these things. You asked for some info on your listeners, so I better go first. Um, I played D&D in the 80s at school, uh, not for very long, got in any great depth. And when I left school, I stopped. Um, I've got back into RPGs um, about two or three years ago. Um, in the last 18 months or so, for the last 18 months or so, I've been involved in the campaign at my local game shop where we've been uh, down the Baba Maze. Uh, we're using OSE. Um, and actually, we were lucky enough to have advanced sight of um, some of the stuff that's just been released. Uh, we, we were some of the play testers. Um, it's an open table. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, it goes quite well. And um, sometimes there's too many of us for one party, so we split off. Um, occasionally... Uh, we have games uh, where we play Dungeon Call Classics. Occasionally we play Dungeon Call, Call Classics, um, mainly the funnel modules. Um, we've not yet, or, or a GM, um, I think she has difficulty um, knowing how to integrate level level 1s and level 0s and all that. Um, and they're very occasional a campaign. Um, this week's a bit momentous for me because I've gone on the other side of the screen and I've been GMing for the first time using OSE and running the Hold in the Oak module that came with the Kickstarter. Uh, first session went well. Anyway, I'll talk to you again. Bye. Edwin. It's great to hear from you again. I love to get this bit of info. This is really good. Um, I'm keen to urge other callers to do what Edwin's done, either um, via the Anchor app or even just record something on an MP3, you know, record it on anything and email it to me. You get all the details in the notes and at the end of the show. Old School Essentials, yes, I haven't got it to the table yet, even though I've had those PDFs, I reviewed it months ago. I've had those PDFs for a while. Um, yes, I flicked through the hole in the oak. I mean, I think I got that because it was just included. I don't normally get modules, although the fellow worms have also convinced me I need to get The Winter's Daughter, which I, I, I have got. Uh, well, I've got it now. I, I told the worms it was on my Christmas list, but I've got it. But I'm going to try not to crack it open until Christmas. Um, but yeah, hole in the oak, I flicked through. It looks great. Um, bit envious that you've got a face-to-face -face group to run that with. I think that's what I want to do with Old School Essentials. I think I want a face-to-face -face group doing something classic, Mega Dungeon like Barrow Maze. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Oh, I love Dungeon Crawl Classics. Uh, played that quite a bit. No advice for your GM really there, apart from apart from you know, first level characters aren't much less squishy than zero level characters. So keep spares and keep it lethal. <laughs> That's how I play Dungeon Crawl Classics. <laughs> Kill them all. <laughs> yeah, it's great to hear from you, Edwin. I look forward to to, to more calls. I'm glad you're enjoying the back catalogue uh, and enjoy. Uh, running, yeah, enjoy running the hole in the oak. Um, I'll catch you soon. All right, that's my 20 minutes. I'm winding up. I want to thank all my callers in again, old and new. 
oh, I really love getting those call-ins uh, makes me really happy that I'm doing the show I really enjoy them so keep them coming and I'll catch you all soon Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.